0: Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me towards the end of the New Testament, the book of James. James chapter 3, verse 16. We've been in a series um, real relationships and we've been talking about the importance of us recognizing where we're really at in our relationships. I don't know what it is in our lives if it's because relationships are so ongoing and happening all the time. It becomes very easy for us to not give attention to relationships in our life. First of all, with God, and then with other people. We don't recognize a lot of times in our relationship with God when all of a sudden we're just distant. When, when we're doubting Him, when we're fearful, when we're worried about stuff and we're anxious and we just kind of assume, well, it's just an emotional part of life, it's just kind of where I'm at today and we don't recognize that there's an adjustment that we can make to make that relationship fresh again. You realize the Bible says that God's promised us in His Word that He would never leave us nor forsake us. So if there's any feelings of distance, I promise you, it's not because God has turned his back on you because he's disappointed with you or he's walked out of your life. He's there all the time. So we can make an adjustment, recalibrate, refocus, say, God, thank you that you love me and begin to understand him and begin to feel his presence once again, but also in our relationships with others. We have a responsibility to make adjustments in our lives to make sure our relationships are working well. Now, I do want to clarify that I'm not saying that you have a responsibility to make an adjustment in someone else's life, right? Because that's what we're pretty good at. Let me just make an adjustment. If you would just stop this or if you would just start this, you can pull your feet back under a little bit if I'm stepping on your toes too much today. Because it's very easy for us to do that really not fully understanding that we can't ever change anybody else. We sometimes can be mean and hard and manipulative and get people to change short term so that they change outwardly. But really, we want real life change. And that really happens when we make a decision to change ourselves. So we've got to make adjustments when things aren't going right. Let me say that again. We need to make adjustments when things aren't going right, that we can adjust things in our lives. So today I want to talk again about our relationships with others because all of us deal with tension and issues in our relationships. In fact, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is to get you to believe that this is only happening with you. You're the only one going through this, so don't tell anybody. Don't get it out in the light. And in reality, all of us have relationship issues. All of us deal with fighting. All of us deal with arguments. All of us deal with disagreements with other people. And we need to make adjustments when we keep fighting about the same thing. So that we don't get stuck where we're at. And sometimes we've got to invite some other people into our lives to help us because between the two of you, you can't get off high-centered. You're stuck. And you're stuck, and you keep coming back to the same thing. And it's been a week. It's been a month. It's been a year. Sometimes it's been years, and you're still having the same issues. So we need to invite some people in our lives so we can make some adjustments so we don't get stuck. Listen, What typically causes people to walk out of our lives is not just one event that happened. What typically happens is there have been things that have been going wrong multiple times, sometimes for years, and then one event becomes the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. And suddenly people walk out of our lives, they walk out of our relationships, and we look at it and we go, man, that one thing, seriously, it wasn't that one thing. Many times it's underlying tension that is happening all the time that we haven't give, given attention to to make an adjustment to so that we can fix something. It's the most powerful thing in the world for us to begin to understand. So we've got to begin by making sure the foundation is right. How many of you know if you go out and try to build a house and just throw it up on the dirt, you're going to have some issues? you got to come in and you got to build a very solid foundation. So we've got to make sure the foundation is right. And the foundation for you and I is understanding and being rooted in the perfect love of God for us. You have to understand how perfectly, how in so many amazing ways that God loves you in spite of your failures, in spite of your circumstances, that because God loves you, you're pre-qualified for every promise That God has. I know the devil's whispering in a lot of y'all's ears right now telling you, it would be for you, but you did this. And I'm telling you, it's a lie from the pits of hell because you have been pre-qualified simply because of God's crazy, reckless, unconditional love that he has for you. But you've got to believe it and you've got to receive it. You've got to know, in fact, the moment that you begin to get a little frustrated with God or you think He's frustrated with you, you have to recognize you've stepped out of an understanding of the perfect love of God. And it can happen like this. In one moment, you can be so filled with the love of God, understanding the love of God, but in the next moment, you got your eyes on yourself, you got your eyes on your problems, you got your eyes on your inadequacies, your failures, whatever it might be, and suddenly you've stepped out of the love of God and you're becoming fearful, worried, and anxious. So we've got to get the root Fix. In fact, two weeks, Palm Sunday, we're going to begin a brand new series called Reckless Love. And I'm telling you, you're going to want to be a part of Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday because we're going to dive into understanding foundational issues of God loving us. But today I want to deal with the tension that we have in relationships. And honestly, I've been kind of surprised by the level of tension that we actually have. As I begin studying this, I've recognized in my own life just how much tension I have, things that I hadn't recognized, things that I just kind of started taking for granted that this is just the way it's supposed to be. I've heard from many of you talking about, man, I didn't recognize tension and issues that I had going on in my life. And it's easy again for us just to accept that that's the way it's supposed to be. It's just the way it's supposed to be instead of learning God's word, standing on God's word, taking out the sword of the spirit of God's word and coming against the schemes of the enemy in our life so that we stand against those spirits of quarreling and division. Listen, the enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is not your mother-in-law. The enemy is not your father-in-law, your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law. Let's just get all the laws in there. It's not, it, they're not the enemy. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of this dark and evil world. And sometimes the enemy is working in their life and creating a bunch of havoc and issues, but they're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. We've got to come against that spirit of quarreling and division to not allow destructive behavior into our relationships. You be responsible for you. Listen, there are certain things not happening in your life and it could be the way that we're treating each other. We should be further along in our relationship. We should, be move, we should have moved past some stuff. We should be more mature. Things should be working better in our relationship. But they're not sometimes because we've gotten stuck and sometimes we don't know that we're stuck. Sometimes we don't think that we can get unstuck. So we allow ourselves to stay stuck. Listen, we all know I believe that we know this, that quarreling and division destroys families. It does, it destroys families. It destroys relationships. Relationships at work and other people that we have business associates. It destroys churches. And most of the time, people aren't even actually aware that they're doing it. They don't see their behavior as wrong or abnormal because it's the way it's always been. Or maybe it was the environment that they grew up in. And maybe their environment is actually better than the environment that they grew up in, so they think that it's normal. And so what I'm believing for during this series is that as a church, that we'll begin to understand the importance of putting team first. Say team first. Church team first family team first, work team first, that we recognize that we're all involved, interdependent with one another. So we put team first. Listen, in other words, so that we'll understand that it's not just about you. How many of you know that's not just about you? Show of hands today. Okay, about half of us. Good. It's not just about you. It's not just about how you feel. It's not just about your situation. You have to stop allowing the drama in other people's lives to become drama in your life. You have to stop allowing other people's wrong behavior. Decide that because they have wrong behavior, I just need to have wrong behavior too. You do not have to have wrong behavior. When they go low and take the low road, you can still go high and take the high road. You can still choose your response. We talked about that last week. You can either react... In the moment, not giving thought or consideration to other people's thoughts or feelings or your actions, or you can respond by giving thought. Now, let me think about what I'm about to say, and let me not say it because I'm not going to say something that's right. You can give thought and consideration. Romans 12 says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Every one of us deal with tension in our relationship. Sometimes it's the elephant in the room that no one says anything about. Sometimes it's because we don't recognize it. Other times, again, because we just think it's the way it's supposed to be. And again, it destroys families, marriages, relationships, churches. It even destroys companies, businesses. And it stops God's grace from operating in our life like God wants his grace to be operating in our life. Sometimes we don't recognize it, but it stopped it. Like electricity can't flow through rubber, Even though the power's on, if there's an insulation around that electricity, it can't flow through the rubber. And sometimes tension keeps God's grace or limits God's grace from operating in our lives. And I'm here talking about the blessed and favored life and you're going, it's not happening in my life. Sometimes we've done some things or we're doing some things that is stopping up God's grace and God's favor. Is this making sense today? There are things that you should be in charge of, but you're not yet. There's some things that you should be leading, but you're not yet. Things that you should be teaching others on. Things that you should be promoted in. Positions that you should be in. But because you haven't been living your life in alignment with God's word, God's will, and God's way, we've stopped some stuff up. So we need to make some adjustments. See, the question that we should be asking ourselves is this. What have I been doing or saying that has stopped God's grace from flowing in my life? What, have I done? what can I make an adjustment in? What have I stopped up by constantly fighting with other people? Constantly being an antagonist about certain things in my life? Or what have I been allowing this underlying tension go on in my life that's affecting the most important relationships in my life? So we need to be able to recognize the issue in our own lives and stand against the spirit of strife. All right that tension, quarreling, division that goes on in our lives. So I want to start off this message today by declaring this over our lives. In fact, we're going to say it all together. Let's say this all together out loud. In the name of Jesus, no more strive in my life. Let's try it again. In the name of Jesus, no more strive in my life. One more time. In the name of Jesus, no more strive in my life. Now, We all will still deal with strife. I'm not talking about suddenly now. You're going to live a strife-free life. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know when that's going to happen? When we get to heaven. That's going to be a wonderful place. I hope you're living for heaven. But we're in this life, we're still going to have some strife. Everybody is going to deal with the opportunity for strife. The question is, is are we going to take the bait of Satan and buy into the strife, or are we going to allow just the strife to happen around us and live a life bound up in strife? We all have to deal with it. In fact, this past week, I was driving on I-40 on the highway, and you all know my journey. And God working in my life through the issue of driving... God speaks to me a lot while I'm driving, mainly, hey, Richie, stop doing that. Well, I'm on I-40, and I'm about ready to pass a couple cars, and I'm going a little bit faster than the two semis that I see, and I'm using hyperbole when I'm saying a little bit faster, because I'm going a lot faster. I'm about ready to go around two semis, and then one semi decides at the last minute to whip out there and go ahead and pass it. So, okay, I'm okay with that. But how many of you know it's really frustrating when you are going faster, you're about ready to pass somebody, and they decide to pass somebody, and they are going one-tenth of a mile faster than the car that they're passing. So basically what it means, in about 30 minutes, they're going to finally get around them. Well, this guy wasn't only not getting around them, he was actually losing ground occasionally. And it'd be this... So finally, I get a little frustrated, so I kind of pull out, and I'm thinking, can I get through there? And if you know me, if my car will fit through there, I'm taking it. No space, so I just back around, and so I'm beginning to get frustrated. I'm beginning to get tense, and I want to start saying some things. Y'all hearing me today? I want to start saying things, and suddenly I hear my wife's voice in my head, they can't hear you when you're talking to them. Anybody ever had anybody say that to them? They can't hear you. And what we naturally think is, oh, but it feels so good to say it. It does feel good in the moment, but what we don't recognize is the moment we released all of that junk, suddenly now we start getting more anxious about it. We'll get to work, still be anxious about it. We'll get to the water cooler and we'll start telling everybody about the way that trucker drove this morning and blah, 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 and all this junk just begins to come out of us. So because I'm hearing my my beautiful wife's voice in my head, and because of the fact that I've been studying this, I recognize I'm faced with a choice. So what I made a decision to do is I just thought, okay, God, thank you for watching over me. Thank you. You might be keeping me from a wreck that's going to happen just a few miles down the road. Or probably more likely, God, you're keeping me from getting a speeding ticket just a few miles down the road. Amen? So I just let it go. And can I tell you, all of the tension began to fall off of me. And I just thought, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest behind this car. Listen, what I'm talking about works if you'll work it. But if you think the Holy Spirit's going to come in and hit the brakes on your car and, and begin to tell you, you can't go just relax, chill he's not. He's going to drop stuff in your spirit. Things that The word of God that is put, he's put in your heart is going to come alive to you. Just like I heard the voice of, of my wife, which I'm sure, not sure sometimes if I'm hearing the voice of my wife or the Holy Spirit, which how many of you know it's probably the same voice most of the time? I don't know what it is, but I just begin to relax. And when I relax, suddenly I begin to relax about the issue. I'm telling you, we don't have to live in strife. We don't have to live with tension in our marriages. Listen, it's going to come in. You're going to have opportunities to be filled with strife. You're going to have opportunities to step into tense moments. The question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to make an adjustment and make it work? Or are you just going to go along with how you feel and react? You get the choice. Amen. So let's look at this verse, finally get to my message today. James chapter 3 verse 16 says this, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. It's a pretty powerful scripture that helps us understand that where there's envy and where there is strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Listen, I pray you don't ignore this scripture. This, this is not me making this up. This is God talking to you and I and helping us understand that when we operate in envy and when we operate in strife, there's a spirit of confusion and there is a spirit of every evil work lurking around our lives. Are y'all beginning to see how important this issue is of us being giving attention to relationships in our lives? See, I don't think that we have recognized just how serious of an issue this actually is and the effect that it has on us. That's why the divorce rate is so high. That's why people walk away from friendships and relationships in a New York minute simply because they keep letting this turmoil go on. And then this one day, again, the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back, I'm out. We've got to be attentive to it. We've got to be focused on it. We can't allow a spirit of confusion to be operating in our lives. For us not being able to understand the things that God is speaking to us. See, there are many of you here today that, man, you get so confused every time you're hearing the word of God. It's because there's so much strife and turmoil. You had a fight all the way to church and you're still thinking about the fight. You're still thinking about all the turmoil that's going on in your life. You know, I told you, my wife and I, we used to fight all the way to church. We figured out how to fix that. We just drive separately, never have a problem with it at all, right? Right. you got to do what you got to do to fix it to make it work well in your life listen when envy and strife is there it's like the pause button gets pushed in our life it does it's like we get on hold and suddenly progress in our in our marriage and in, in other relationships it comes to a grinding halt you know that your relationship should be further along but it's like you're stuck still dealing with the same old issue You know what, honestly, sometimes it's our understanding of grace because we think that God is going to come in and into our lives and override our wrong behavior. Listen, he's not. He's not going to make you change. God's given you a free will for for you to have the opportunity to step into the abundant life that he has for you or choose not to step into the abundant life he has for you. See, but you're going to have to learn how to flow with him. You're going to have to 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 understand what the word of God says. You're going to have to follow God's word, God's will, God's way. Then you begin to walk in the abundant life he has for you. That's what we have to do in order for the fruit of his promises and of his grace to start showing up in our lives. And if you don't, you're just going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck. But notice that he says envy and strive. Envy is the other thing that we we have to look at. It's when you kind of get this sick feeling in your life when you see someone else getting blessed and promoted. You see, and you kind of get this, oh. You see, a lot of times we have anxious thoughts about other people because we're envious or we're jealous of them. Sometimes, by the way, it's happening to you. It's why suddenly somebody that was a friend, but you got a promotion, and now suddenly they're different towards you. We get envious and jealous. But listen, if you believe that God loves you, If you believe that his plans for you are perfect and that his timing is perfect, there isn't any need for you to be envious or jealous about anybody. You know why? Because you trust God too. In fact, say that out loud. Say, I trust God. Come on, say it one more time. I trust God. You trust God too. Listen, just get rid of that. Don't walk in envy. Don't walk in jealousy. That's why you don't need to compare yourself to anybody else. See, when you compare, you belittle who you are. You understand that God has made you unique. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. You, you, we always want to change things about us, but you, you belittle who you are and what God has done for you. And what happens is we end up being ungrateful. Someone gets a brand new car. You're still driving around your beater, and you, you begin to become envious of what they have, even though that car has been a dependable, huge blessing to you. It got you from point A to point B. And just so you know, we've all been in times of our life where we've had a beater. And honestly, the fun thing about a beater is you don't care where you park it. Man, you can pull up in the tightest parking spot. I mean, the guys, everyone's over the line. Man, you can pull up, roll up the window, and climb over the top and get out. You don't care if you get a door ding. You've already got 50 of them. Well, what happens is we find ourselves being ungrateful for what you have because we don't have what someone else has. That isn't being grateful. And what will happen is you're going to find yourself getting stuck. You are. You're going to find yourself getting stuck in a place that you don't want to get stuck in. God wants to move you to the next thing that he has for you, but you're whining and complaining about what someone else has, and you don't realize that where you're at right now is not where God wants you to stay. But he has to get you to trust him where you're at right now for him to take you to the next level. Because at the next level, there's more responsibility. There's more authority. You affect more people's lives. Now suddenly, instead of just being a worker, now suddenly you're a manager and you influence people. And you're a follower of Jesus Christ, so God's going to make sure you trust him here so that you can trust him here before you become the owner of that business. God's got to, you got to trust God right where you're at. Listen, how many of you recognize you have to change? You have to make a decision to change. You have to decide that you're going to change because some things in your life are not going to change until you change. The Word of God talks about us putting money in holes in pockets and things aren't going well. The Bible says to consider your ways. Consider your activities. What is it that you're doing? So, if you find yourself having this envious, strife filled attitude towards others, we need to make some adjustments. You don't have to have the strife, you don't have to be envious. We need to learn how to rejoice when God blesses other people too. The reason why we don't is because we have a scarcity mentality. We think that if God blesses somebody, they took part of my blessing. Listen, we serve a God of abundance. The Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or all that we can think. God's not limited by our scarcity mentality. He's not limited by just this finite understanding we have about God. He's an infinite God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. So we've got to get an abundance mentality with God, understanding there is absolutely no lack with him. It causes us to rejoice with other people sometimes we rejoice and we act like we're rejoicing, but we're really not. Oh, Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, we'll see how happy you are when the first payment comes due. Yo! Preach it, Richie. All right, so we got to understand, James 3 again, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Listen, I don't want... to get confused about this, about you being under God's grace. Listen, none of this is going to impact what Jesus has already finished. The favor of God is still available to you even when you're not acting right. You're just not going to walk in the favor of God. But God did not pull back on the favor of God and say, if you'll get this fixed, then maybe I'll do something for you. It's still there. And the cool thing about it is you can change like this. You literally can. You can change in one moment. Get a revelation of what I'm talking about today and you go, I'm tired of all the strife in my life. And in Jesus' name, no more strife in my life. No more strife. So I'm going to change me. I'm going to focus on me. When I change me, I change everything around me. It doesn't necessarily happen instantly, but it changes everything around me. Listen, the secret to living the victorious life is Christ living through us. We think it's all about living for God. It's not. It's about God living through us. Understanding the promises of God. Understanding what the love of God. So that God begins to fill us and it begins to flow out of us. See, it's when it's about, when we think it's about us, we fall into religiosity. We fall into legalism. We fall into a performance-based mindset. That God, I did this. You've got to do this. And God says, I've already done that for you. You just still think it's about you, and if you'll just trust me, you can walk in what I've given you and what I've provided for you. Listen, failure to understand this blocks God out of our lives, but you're going to have to allow Jesus to live through you. You are. You're going to have to allow him. He's not going to force himself. He's not going to force you to be strife free. He's not going to force you to to make it about other people and be team first mindset. You've got to allow God to live through you because pride, catch this, this is where I'm going to kind of begin my descent of ending today. Pride will hinder God's grace from flowing through your life. Pride, ultimately strife is an issue that flows out of pride and self-centeredness. The grace of God Wants to increase in your life, but it can't a lot of times because we're very prideful. It's all about us, it's about winning the argument, it's about being right. It's not just about being right, it's actually about the other person acknowledging that we were right. Come on. Man, I, devil, man. you know, I always tell, say this, I'm preaching to myself, y'all are just walking to listen along, because it was not that long ago that I was right about something, and I would kept telling my wife, you know, hey, you know, I said, what I said was right. She goes, yeah. And I said, no, you understand that what I said was right. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if you're, you understand, I was right, you were not right. Yes, Richie, you were right. Oh, that felt so good, right? have to get myself sometimes man listen we we got to recognize that pride stepping up in our life all the time got to recognize self-centeredness it's about me my ideas are right what's wrong with you people right so we gotta we gotta humble ourselves i better move on y'all gonna be getting mad at me here in a minute I want to give you kind of a little bit of a working definition of, of a biblical definition of humility this is not necessarily a full understanding of humility but really makes sense from a biblical point of view humility is this, it's someone who will submit to God's word God's will and God's ways when I operate in humility it means I'm willing to submit to God's word, God's will and God's ways, pride's just the opposite of that, I'm not willing to submit to God's word because God doesn't understand my situation Really, he's God, right? So last week I gave you several verses just to let us know kind of how we can walk out love, to understand what the Word of God says about, hey, this is how you walk out love. Here's one of them that I shared. It says, do not repay anyone, not just people at this level, but do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So we aren't supposed to repay anyone evil for evil. How many of you know that's a little hard sometimes? Because they were evil to you. You want to be evil back. You want to let them know. In fact, what we think is that if I don't do that, I'm the weaker person. Listen, you're the stronger person when you do what's right. It's easy just to react. It's much more challenging to respond. But pride says... I'm going to treat them exactly the way that they treat me. Because what we want to do is we want to operate in the golden rule when it comes to challenging or negative issues. Do unto others as they did unto you. Ah, that's not what it says. It do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I'm going to treat them exactly the same way that they treated you, me. If that's you, I want you to know you're prideful. You can pull your feet back if I'm stepping on your toes a little bit today, but you're prideful because you're not interested in being submitted to God's word, God's will, and God's ways. And pride and arrogance keeps us from being proactive in our relationships. It does. not keeps us from understanding that I don't have to react. I can be proactive and making adjustments so the relationships stay healthy. It's so easy for us to get caught up in this kind of a mindset, well, I'll try if they'll try. Amen. <laughs> or, one of my favorites, I'll change when they change. And unfortunately, what happens is that we allow pride to keep us from doing what we can do to make relationships work well. Because you won't be in strife when you're walking in love. You can't. It's impossible. It's impossible to be in strife when you're walking in love. Now, people might be strifeful towards you. I don't know if that's a word, strifeful. They might be acting strife-filled towards you. (laughs) Think of another way I could say that. No. They might be having strife towards you, but you don't have to when you're walking in love. You're just going, I'm I'm not picking it up. I'm not going to argue with you about that. And you can in your mind think, yeah, I know I'm right, and you're wrong. But just rest in it. Listen, you you won't be in strife when you're walking in love, or when self centeredness is not a part of your life. It's easy for us to get self centered. In fact, let me show you the scripture in Proverbs 28. It says an arrogant man. The New King James Version says, "He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord." will prosper. So it's our own pride that is the fuel that actually keeps the tension of alive in our relationships. It it's the thing that kind of keeps things stirred up. But when you trust in the Lord, when you obey his word, when you follow his plan for your life, the Bible says that you'll prosper. Now, we don't believe that because a lot of times we tried it and it didn't instantly happen. So we think, okay, God, that doesn't work. But I'm telling you, if you'll trust God to take care of the situation, if you'll trust God to take care of that person in your life that drives you nuts from time to time, you're going to recognize God's going to grow you and God's going to grow them and God's going to change the situation and make you prosperous. He's going to make you healthy in all these things. So we need to recognize when pride and arrogance are trying to operate in our lives. We need to make some adjustments in our lives so that our relationships work incredibly well so that the Bible says we'll prosper. So let me close today. I'm going to share both of those verses back to back again. And I want you to see the difference in the choice that you and I get to make. Again, James 3.16. For where envy and strife is, There is confusion in every evil work. Well, I pray that really sinks in today. And then Proverbs 28, 25, an arrogant man, a prideful man, stirs up strife. And I love how this ends, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. What it's basically telling you and I is that we are faced with a choice. Do we want to have confusion And every evil work operating in our lives because we're constantly stirring up the strife? We're not letting stuff go. We're not making the adjustments. Or do we simply want to trust God and follow his word, his will, his way, and watch our way become prosperous? You're faced with a choice. It's just like Joshua said. God's telling us, hey, today I set before you death and life. You get to choose which way you want to walk in. But other people keep choosing for me. I'm telling you, they're not choosing for you. You're simply allowing this into your life. You're simply reacting instead of responding to what God really wants you to do. So we've got to start understanding the damage that jealousy and strife are causing in our lives. And we need to make some adjustments. Again, it's very easy for us to say, okay, I'll change if they change related to strife. If they'll stop being strife, well, I will. Just be the bigger person. Make, be the more mature person. Make the choice to say, I'm going to stop doing this. And related to jealousy and envy, I'll be thankful when I have something to be thankful for. Just so you know, if Jesus never did anything else for you, what he did on the cross in paying a penalty that you could not pay so that you could have abundant life and eternal life would be enough for you to praise him throughout eternity. But sometimes if we get into that, what have you done for me lately? And we forget, man, we're about ready to celebrate here in just a few weeks what Jesus actually did for you and I that we can have abundant life and eternal life. We've got so much to be thankful for. Because you see, God wants to see you grateful and thankful for where you're at right now before he takes you to a place of higher responsibility and higher privilege. So we don't want to get the pause button pushed in our life where we get stuck we want to walk in the fullness of life that God has for us so it's a serious thing as as I've already said strife not only destroys families and relationships it destroys churches, companies cities and honestly what we're seeing happening even in our nation it destroys nations strife does so what we have to realize what's happening and we have to start standing up against that spirit of strife By saying, as far as it concerns me, I'm going to stand up against that spirit that's trying to bring confusion and every evil work into our lives. And I'm telling you, the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if you get a revelation of how perfectly God loves you. That you understand the fullness of God's love for you. That man, when you didn't deserve anything, He gave you everything. That's going to be the thing that's going to empower you to give the unconditional love of God away. It's that revelation of understanding how perfectly God loves you. Listen, and I know sometimes this can feel so overwhelming because you feel like, man, who am I? What, I'm, just, I'm just kind of a, I'm just one person. What, what can I do? What can I really make a difference? Sometimes you're thinking, man, Pastor Richard, you're just so naive about what we can do as a church. I, I'd tell you this, 11 men turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. What could we do with the group that's here this morning? We could do amazing things. We could make an amazing difference in the world that God's placed us in. In fact, it reminds me of a story that that I read a long time ago about a little boy walking on a beach and hundreds of starfish had gotten washed up onto the shore. And the water had receded and they were stranded up on the shore, hundreds of them. And so the little boy out there went up and picked one up and threw it back in the water. Walked over, picked up another one, threw it back in the water. Picked up another one, threw it back in the water. There was an older gentleman that had lived by the sea all of his life, saw it. He looked at the boy and he said, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't you understand there's hundreds of fish? What kind of a difference do you think you're actually going to be able to make? The boy went over and picked up another starfish, threw it back in the water, said, it'll make a huge difference, that starfish. And I'm telling you and I, we may not be able to impact the global world, We can't impact our world, and when we impact our world, it impacts a larger world. And when that larger world gets impacted, it impacts a larger world. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of all the hate. I'm tired of the people being haters, getting on social media and hating on one another. Listen, let's make a difference. Let's not, let's not, when they go low, let's go low with them. Let's go high. Let's, let's talk about good things. Let's talk about positive things. Let's be the love and hope of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. And I'm telling you, we may not see instant change, but little by little, we can begin to take back things that the enemy has stolen. Because I'm telling you, the power of love is more powerful than the power of hate.